Welcome back to Home Church Bible Study here at Mount Mary Baptist Church. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 4. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for the gift of this day, and we thank you for the letter to the Ephesians. We thank you that you have preserved it for us, and we pray that as we read these verses that you would give us a vision of what our life um, together here as a church um, can be like um, and how we would grow in our common concern for other people in the church that they would grow in their faith and that we would leverage the gifts and talents that you've entrusted to us toward that end so that we might be a more faithful church. In all of this prayer in Christ's name, amen. Um, two things that I enjoy um, are sports and movies. And so you may not be surprised to know that some of my favorite movies are sports movies. And in particular, one of my favorite sports movies is Remember the Titans. Um, it's a Disney film that tells um, the story of an all-white school and an African-American school being um, combined during the time of integration, and they um, tells the story of the football team. And as you might imagine, all the different characters, all the different people, and it's based on, on true events, um, are brought together at a time when, when people from different backgrounds coming together was at the forefront of everyone's mind. And so you can probably um, imagine as you watch the film, it tells the story of how hard it was for each of them to get past their differences um, and overlook the things that were um, potentially could divide them to find the things that would unite them and give them success as a football team um, that season. Now think about that movie in relation to the book of Ephesians because I think about Paul um, teaching all throughout the first half of this letter about the radical difference that God has made in the lives of Jews and Gentiles alike because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And now they've become one new man. And kind of the first half of the letter is, is deeply theological. And then here in chapter four, it starts to transition to the more practical implications of all the theology that he's been working through to this point in the letter. So in verse one of chapter four, he says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So all of the things that he's talked about in the first half of the letter, all the gospel promises and privileges that they now enjoy because of their faith in Jesus Christ, Paul says, now I'm going to challenge you, now that you know more the depths of God's love for you in Jesus, to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling that you have received. Um, I grew up in a really small town. Um, it's called Chesney, South Carolina, in the northwestern part of the state. And high school sports um, was a big thing, and I played on the football team. And I can remember being proud to be a part of that team and to have my town's name across the front of our jerseys. And so I wanted to play in a manner that was, that was worthy of the respect that I had for my town and my school. And I think Paul, in some manner, is saying, now that you know more about all the blessings that you've received through Jesus, I want you to walk in a manner that's worthy of this high calling that God has given you in Jesus. So what does it look like to, to walk in a manner worthy of this high calling? Verse 2, with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So one of the distinguishing marks of walking in a way that's worthy of the calling that we've received in Christ is, is to be humble and gentle and patient and kind. Now, if you've ever been on 
a sports team of, of any kind, or maybe you've been in the marching band or, or drama um, group at your school growing up, you might can um, identify with the fact that there are lots of times different personalities that find their way into the team or the band or the group, whatever it may be. And those, those differences have a way sometimes of driving us apart from each other and causing conflict. And our pride and our arrogance starts to seep in and we think we're better than other people. We think that um, everything ultimately is about us. And that can happen in the local church as well. Um, that we have just enough diversity here at Mount Brook Baptist Church. Maybe it's our political leanings. Maybe it's where we grew up. Maybe it's our um, passions and our hobbies. Maybe it's the style of worship we enjoy. Maybe it's our age. Um, there are all these different things that, that we come together in this one body of Christ, and we're just enough different that disunity and conflict could be a part of our local fellowship here at Mount Brook Baptist. And so Paul cautions them against that, and he reminds them to walk in humility, gentleness, patience, to bear with each other in love. It's, for Paul to say that um, kind of assumes that that's going to be something you're going to struggle with in the life of the local church, that there are going to be people there that you have a hard time bearing with in love. But it's an expression of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel that you've received, worthy of Christ. So then he, he kind of gives you some theological foundations for how we can find our common unity. Verse 4, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. So when we come together as the body of Christ here at Mount Brook Baptist Church, and when we find differences in other people who are also called to be a part of this family of faith known as Mount Brook Baptist Church. And we're prone to be unkind. We're prone to be impatient. Um, we're, we're prone to be prideful or arrogant. Paul's reminder here is that, that really this thing that we share through our common faith in Jesus is what unites us most deeply. There's one Lord. Um, every time someone is baptized at Mount Brook Baptist Church, we ask that baptismal candidate, what is the confession of faith that you would make today? And the person responds, Jesus is Lord. And on that same day, everyone in the congregation who's been baptized as well is asked that question, what is the confession of faith that you would make? And we all together say that Jesus is Lord. It's this powerful reminder that here at Mount Brook Baptist Church, there is only one Lord who is exalted above all other people and all other things in our fellowship that it's not about any one of us, but it's about us honoring the Lord with our lives. And each of us is called to submit the Lordship of Christ in our lives. We have one Lord. We have one faith. That, that ultimately, all of us are children of Abraham. That we have come to know Jesus through faith. We've acknowledged our sins. And so this common faith unites us. It's one of the reasons that I enjoyed us doing the Apostles' Creed when we do it together in worship. It reminds us that all the differences that may exist among us, that we all adhere to and we all affirm our faith in these essential truths of our gospel or our gospel faith. And so affirming this common faith that we have. And then one baptism. Um, this common baptism is, I think, so important for us. Baptism's one of the ordinances that we um, keep here in the Baptist Church. And 
It's such a powerful picture of what it looks like to become a follower of Jesus, that we go down into the water, symbolically die into our old self and our old way of life, and we're raised to walk in newness of life. And every person who's a member at Mount Brook Baptist Church has acknowledged their sins, acknowledged that they need a Savior, and they've been taken down into the waters of baptism and raised up. And now the expectation is they walk in newness of life. So what unites us most deeply? We have one Lord. We have one faith. We have one baptism that we share. Now, Paul's going to transition next that, that all of our distinctiveness is not lost in this striving after unity. So listen to what he says in verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Skip down to verse 10, verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So we have this common faith. We have one Lord. We have one baptism. All these things that we share. But each person that God calls into this fellowship of faith is given grace or given a spiritual gift for the purpose of serving other people in the body of Christ. So none of us at church should be just a taker, where we show up and we just get information or we worship kind of in this solitary way or that we consider how everything impacts us or what we think of everything. But, but we're reminded here in Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we come to church and we come together to worship and to grow in our faith and to become more mature disciples because God is equipping each of us through these representative leaders, through these ministers, to then engage in ministry. And the point of ministry is building up the, the body of Christ. Listen to what he says in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when you involve, are involved in the life of Mount Root Baptist Church, your Christian discipleship, your efforts to grow in faith are, yes, about you growing in maturity of faith, but it's also about considering how it is that God has gifted you and how He's equipping you through the ministries of the local church for you to then look out at others who God is bringing here to this church and say, what is God calling me to do to help that person grow in Christian maturity? And, and here's why it's important. Verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. We are constantly being shaped by something. Um, there's no point in our day where we're kind of in neutral. So if we're on our way to work or school and we're listening to the radio or to a podcast or to music, or if we are watching TV in the evening or if we're in the classroom and we're learning, um, at every area in our life, we are being shaped by something. Um, and oftentimes in our world, the things outside the church that are shaping us are, are not shaping us in a way that's consistent with the truth of God's Word. And so when we become more shaped by voices and agendas of things outside the church than we are things in the church, things consistent with God's Word, then we're going to be tossed to and fro by the waves. Um, I was talking with someone just yesterday in my office about how powerful waves can be. 
um, she was telling me about going on a cruise with her husband at one point and how she had never had any issues being sick ever until one time, I believe she said they were on the Black Sea, and she said a storm came up that was larger than any storm. I guess the people on the boat had said it had been like 12 years since a storm this bad had occurred. And she said, you want to talk about a boat rocking. You want to talk about people being tossed to and fro. Um, and, and this lady who rarely ever got seasick, at that point she did. And, and, and as I look out at our culture, and as I look out at especially immature believers who don't know and understand the truths of God's Word, who don't understand who God is, what the world is like, who God's called them to be in the world, the path that will lead them to abundant life, the more I see how rocky it is in the world for those people. So I have a heart for God to use me. I have a heart for God to use each member of Mount Brook Baptist Church to look up and to look out at the other people that God's bringing here to our church. That we might pour into them. We might help them grow to become more and more mature disciples because this theology and the things that we think and believe, the things that are in our heart really do matter as we try to navigate life in a way that's for our good and for God's glory. He wraps it up. Verse 15, he says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So I want you to think about your own faith today. I want you to think about your participation in the life of the local church and, and ask yourself the question, are you striving for unity and peace and harmony in the local church, or are you not? Do you come to church with a sense of, of arrogance and pride? Are there certain people that just drive you crazy? Um, if so, then, then pray for God to give you this longing and this desire to live into this theology that you know to be true, that we all, each person here who has confessed the name of Jesus, has one Lord, shares one faith, has participated in one baptism, and then I want you to think about who is it that God's calling you to invest your life in so that they may grow in um, maturity and in Christian witness. I think about my own testimony and my own life of faith. And I'll tell you that there was a young man who was involved in leadership at Campus Crusade for Christ at my small college growing up. And if I were to pick one person who made the biggest impact in my faith development journey, it would be Doug. Um, and so I think God still works in those ways, that he, that he calls each of us to look up and to look out and to find other people that we can intentionally walk alongside and disciple in their faith and be engaged in this process of helping them grow to become more and more mature disciples of Christ so that they might understand and appreciate and experience the fullness of life that God would have them to know in Jesus. So I pray for our church that God would increasingly make us that kind of fellowship. I invite you to pray with me. God, thank you for um, your kindness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the humility, Lord Jesus, you displayed for us by taking on flesh and becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I pray that you would give us that same heart for other people, that we would be humble and patient and kind, that we would understand that each of us comes into this place acknowledging that there is only one Lord and Savior and it's not us, that we share this common faith 
in Jesus' common need for grace and mercy, that our baptism unites us. And then, Lord, I pray that you would increasingly give each person in our church um, an understanding of their calling, of how it is that, God, you are equipping them to do ministry in the local church for the building up of other people. Lord, give us a heart for those who aren't yet mature in Christ, for those who are being tossed around by every wave of doctrine in the world. Lord, make us more united and more faithful fellowship. We offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.